We've got a man who can talk to animals. We've got some birds of prey, fittingly enough. We've got a parasite and we're going underwater. I'm Ben Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is Off Screen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Howdy, Van. Hey, Bex. How's it going? Do you know what? It's an interesting animal-based week for films. <laughs> it kind of is, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it weird? I mean, even if in just the title of one. Um, yeah, this is uh, an interesting one. We've got a mixed bag for you today. One which I think I- I'm really interested to see how bad yeah. it really is. Uh, one which I think, you know, is going to be maybe a big surprise at the Oscars couple of action movies, DC comics. We've got, the, we got a lot this week. Well, we have. We've got the whole shop going on, haven't we? So should we start with... Uh, <laughs> this one's... Uh, it, should we start with one where it can only get better? <laughs> there's, there's not, there's not, no lack of controversy behind this one, is there? Uh, Doolittle. Yeah. yeah. Previewed Do- earlier this week, didn't mm. it, with previews? And I have to say... Uh, before you go into this, go a friend of mine, yep. nothing to do with movies, took herself to the cinema to okay. go and watch this and picked up her phone afterwards and went, good God, what have I just watched? Why is it made up for the big screen? Yeah, so this is directed, and I have to stress this with an asterisk, for the most part, by Stephen Gagan. Right. Now, Stephen Gagan's the mind behind films such as Syriana. You know, yes. Films like that, yeah. So it makes complete sense that if you were going to do a big budget, almost Pirates of the Caribbean style take on Doolittle in 2020, you'd absolutely get Stephen Gagan to do it. Uh, what actually happened here is that there was something of a, uh, a disagreement behind the scenes between the, the studio and uh, the producers. The studio weren't happy with the cut, asked the producers to go and uh, uh, retool it. So the film got reshot about halfway through. And uh, Gagan has had contributing fellow directors. Uh, Jonathan Liebesman was one, for instance. And uh, said producers are, of course, Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey, better known collectively as Team Downey. Actual thing, that's their production label. Mm-hmm. So this is the story of John Doolittle. Yeah. Roughly, it's reinterpreted from the Based original. on the books, right? It's based on the books, but in the same way that Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes is based on the books, if you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, so this reimagines Doolittle sort of by way of t- uh, Tim Burton's Willy Wonka. Okay. Or Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. So the idea... Tim Burton, strangely, which comes up. It features Downey Jr. as this newly reinterpreted, sort of closed-off, traumatised weirdo version of Dr. Doolittle. Didn't which, his, his wife has passed away and he's very depressed. That's it. His wife is a renowned adventurer. She has perished on some on her final, you know, on final adventure. Uh, he is forced to pick up the trail and resume her quest when a young Queen Victoria, played by... Uh, from... Wild Rose, Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley. Played by Jesse Buckley. Queen Victoria is poisoned, and the only cure is from a rare flower that happens to be at the destination Mrs. Doolittle was hunting for. And he takes along on his quest uh, his merry band of talking animals, because Doolittle talks to the animals, walks with the animals, squeaks and squawks with the animals. Um, so that's almost like a sideline to this. Of, yeah. Yep, totally yeah. is. He okay. also takes along a potential, uh, a potential's uh, apprentice, okay. sort of a plucky young recruit, and they are pursued. Is that of anyone of note? Not really, and okay. they're pursued <laughs> on their way by Michael Sheen as what can only be described as a more sneering, more British version of Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I have to ask you mm-hmm. the Welsh accent I've heard about. You know that thing I always say how there are no movie stars anymore. Like movie stars were dying. Breed. No, 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 Kirk Douglas. Anymore. That's it. No Kirk yeah. Douglas. R.I.P. Buddy. You know how I always say that there's no real movie stars anymore. You can't just yeah. open a movie. Well, I'd like to revise that in light of Robert Downey Jr.'s accent in this film, because it says an awful lot about Robert Downey Jr.'s star power that he can rock up to set on day one, start doing this accent, and nobody stopped him. Do you know what most film sets 
where accents are required, have an accent or dialect coach available. I don't think he did. It's okay to be scared. It is one of his version of Did he of say Welsh. boyo? He doesn't say boyo at any point, no. I heard uh, that he did, and it was quite oh, unnerving. It, it, it's maybe, well, maybe he does. It's very bad. It's a very bad accent. Put it this way, he's dreadful in it. He's playing a Johnny Depp character, strangely enough. Right. He, he seems. In fact, you could imagine this actually working better yeah. if you had Johnny Depp from, say, 15 years ago doing it. Yeah. As it stands, Robert Downey Jr. doing this feels, at best, about as convincing as his Sherlock Holmes, which is not very... At worst, literally the worst thing on the man's filmography. And I say that knowing full well that he has the shaggy dog on his filmography. So this is a low bar to begin with. Um, and But alongside him, we've got people like Emma Thompson's in it as a voice. And now, that's the thing, because you could hang your head on that. Okay. Like, that voice cast. Emma Thompson, yeah. right? Impressive. Rami Malek. Impressive. Tom Holland. Impressive. Ray Fiennes. Impressive. Octavia Spencer. Selena but, Gomez. But Craig Robinson. Jason Lenzoukas. Fundamentally, they've all done a day in the studio, right? That, wow. They seem to have done two oh, days in the okay. studio. Now, that first Stand day was corrected. for the first half of this film, and the second half was for the reshoots. You know the reshoots are there because most of the film is taken up with basically a frame containing only a CGI animal yeah. and a badly mixed recording of a celebrity voice doing the dialogue. It is really slapped together. It is really Frankensteined. It's crowbarred in. Everything yeah, doesn't my, work. My friend said to me when she went to watch it, she said, mm. so you start off with this depressed character. He's not very happy. Suddenly you're on a boat. Yeah. And, <laughs> and at one point, there's so much inconsistency to it because there's obviously been three films made. Yeah. And because they've all been stitched together, characters' motivations change within the scene. There was a point halfway through in which Robert Downey Jr., as Doolittle, turns around and says, oh, well, it's not been a total loss. At least we've achieved A, B, C, and D. And what's really interesting about that moment is A, B, C, and D were not existing character arcs in the film. He has basically slapped all the characters on the back and congratulated them for things that they never even attempted to do. I mean, he literally said, oh, these two are getting on. That's nice. He's like, no, they, they were not getting on. I think that was in an earlier version of the film and you've just deleted it. And now you're still congratulating us. But it doesn't work that way. Okay. Let yeah. me, I, I can see you are ready to, to launch into this on a massive tangent that could take up the entirety of the show. But we can't, can't we? We can't. Okay, so I'm going to rein you back here, Van. I'm going to give gonna it gonna half bring... a thumb, Marge. Oh, well, let me ask so, you the sorry, question. Sorry. Can you tell, ladies and gents, just how irate he is about this <laughs> film? If you caught the previews, my condolences. If you're going to see it this weekend, just carry on listening to us and see that there is much more substantial films out there that you is worth spending your money on this weekend. Do little, half a thumb, did you say? Half a thumb. If someone asks you to get up off the couch and go see it, don't do little, do nothing. Nice. There we are. <laughs> so, birds, <laughs> birds of prey then. Yes, okay. <laughs> Shall I take us on to a lighter, a lighter note for you here? Okay, so, Birds of Prey, what have we got? Birds of Prey. Well, I, I want to say the title because this, for me, is the longest title that I've heard in a while. Can you do it from memory? Uh, yeah, Birds of Prey, the, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Ooh, you got the one as well. No one ever gets the one. I get the one. Oh. Um, so, look, if you're a comic book fan, if you're a DC comic fan, you cannot deny that when the disaster that was Suicide Squad came onto the screen, an icon was born, Harley Quinn. Really? Well, yes, I think Margot Robbie's interpretation of Harley Quinn spawned multiple Halloween costumes mm. and she became something new. I really liked her interpretation so, of Harley uh, Quinn. Yeah, yeah, it worked, it worked. Look, we're talking about it. She's got her own film. There's enough there, okay, right? Okay, okay fine. Um, <laughs> so here in Birds of Prey, I'm not going to say the rest of the title, we follow the Joker's now ex-girlfriend and she kind of gets on with her own life without her villainous boyfriend and we see kind of all the trouble that she's causing on her own. They're all here for me. 
aren't they? No. They're not? No, they're not. Do you know what that means? That means he's not just after the kid anymore. He's after all of us. Sure as hell after me. I just robbed him. You just betrayed him. You just killed his BFF. And you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So, unless we all want to die very unpleasant deaths and let Roman go finger fishing in the kids' intestinal tract, we're going to have to work together. So, to be honest with you, when, with the idea that all of our enemies are sort of coming out of the woodwork, I, uh, I did find myself thinking it's like a BDSM Hot Topic version of John Wick 2. For the first half. For the first half, yes. It, it goes it really very is like linear that. in the second half, in my mind. There's a point when it feels like that movie Crank with Jason Statham. <laughs> you know when he's, he just can't stop? and he has yeah. to keep, It feels like that at times. Yeah. Early on. It's a very energetic Let's film. talk about what we really liked about this movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think Margot Robbie is brilliant. Our wonderful produce, yes. producer friend uh, and fellow critic, uh, Johnny Hurd, has said, I could watch Margot Robbie, not for obvious reasons, but I could watch Margot Robbie read the telephone book. You know, she... Huh. The, the thing is, yes, of course, she's gorgeous, but actually she's super talented and picks very varying roles in her films. And that you, what is wrong with you? You're I've not... seen the movie Focus. Oh, for goodness sake. Look, everyone's allowed a little <laughs> bit of a... Everyone's allowed a little bit of a... Um... A, wo a, a wobble, we'll say. Yes, a wobble. Yes, a wobble. Um, and there are things that I think she does really well, and I think, like a chameleon, she can change. I think in the future we'll see her taken a few statues things like that you know she's obviously yeah. going on the nominations run at the moment she's is nominated great. isn't she for yeah. uh it's, it's not bomb it's bombshell it's for bombshell, bombshell and well for the bafta she was also nominated for once upon a time, time yeah. uh, controversially anyway in this i think what she's done is bring the whole dc extended universe you've mentioned this like not as family friendly as shazam but what it does is it brings it back to competing a little bit more with marvel in terms of the humor stakes the fun stakes it brings it back to that which before it's always been so dark and brooding that's the thing because you've used the m word which means i now get to okay. um because i'm not gonna do it till someone else does it that's my and word. he's off <laughs> uh, no actually i do think what it owes a debt to more than anything is the very first deadpool movie Yes. Specifically 100%. in the exact way that it's constructed, which is to centre around one specific action beat and to keep circling back to it. In this case, it's a police station assault. Yeah. Whereas obviously in the first Deadpool, it's the freeway assault. Yeah. And the way it circles back to that, the way that it breaks the fourth wall, the meta commentary it runs, even that the way they utilise the central performance from Margot Robbie and the physicality and the visceral violence of it, I think owes a debt to Deadpool. And I don't yeah. say that in a disparaging but way. Do you know what Deadpool does really well? Go it's on. consistent with all of that. What I think. Very Birds true. of Prey lacks is it almost like cuts in the middle dead and then it just turns into a different a, film, a different film. Mm. and I think that's a massive shame because all of those elements the rewind elements yes. you, know, you know the flashbacks mm. the flashbacks within flashbacks all of that stuff really works for me alongside the cast I think that what they forgot to do was bring in the key the core of the Birds of Prey characters right. so Huntress mm. you know the um, was it Black Canary? All that that should have all come in earlier. Interestingly enough, I, I have said this a few times to sort of uh, comic book friends of mine. It is a Birds of Prey film in name only. This yeah. does not in any way, shape, or form resemble any brand that I know of as Birds of Prey. And also for someone like me who is not a big comic book fan mm. who doesn't know all that, I would never have known that that is it's a girl the, superhero team. Yeah, it. had no idea, right? And yeah. still didn't really until that very last line of the movie where they're kind of introduced as that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a shame but what's interesting about our conversation today is you know a lot about the dc universe and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff i don't necessarily 
Is it a fun film to go watch? I think it's a very fun film. Yeah. Very, fun is the word. I think fun is the key word. It is fun. Yeah. For my money, this is the second best DCEU movie after yeah. Shazam. Yeah. But again, Shazam, noticeably one that's big on fun. Yeah. So it, these movies do seem to be working better the more they dial down the grim dark broodiness. Yeah, for a general yeah. audience. But you're never going to always please the comic book audience. They're always going to pick holes in it, right? Because they've got a passion about what they want to see on screen. And if it's not living up to that, there's always going to be a problem. Hashtag so, release the Snyder Cut. How many thumbs are you I was in that film, so yes, I would say hashtag release <laughs> the Snyder were, Cut. You were, weren't Yeah, maybe this, I wouldn't yeah. be cut out of it if they yeah. released the Snyder Cut. How many thumbs from you, Miss Perfect? I'm going to give it one and a quarter thumbs. One and a quarter. I'm going to give it one and a half. I had a really good time with it. Yeah, I did as well. Not as much as her roller derby, but um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, we'll see if it comes back again. And we're back, and this time we're going underwater. So, Bex, ready to get wet? Let's we get are, yes. Okay. Now, you've seen this, haven't let's, you? As yeah, well? let's dig deep. Let's go six miles into the water. Is it six miles under? Six miles under. Oh, okay. I didn't, really, I didn't quite At like some it. points, it's 6.7 miles if you look at the radar that is shown on screen. Oh, you're very thorough, aren't you? I know, right? Nerd. Sorry. <laughs> what are okay, we talking so, about? So, it's Underwater, uh, new film starring Kristen Stewart, uh, also starring Jessica Henwick, Vincent Cassell, and weirdly, because it's 2020, TJ Miller, who <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not used to seeing in films anymore. Can I you remind me what he's been in? Because I recognise his voice. Yes, I recognise his voice. The Emoji Movie? That was him as yeah, well? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Uh, Office Christmas Party, in which he just plays TJ Miller. Also Silicon Valley, but... Uh, right. He has been in loads of things, but the thing is that the film industry, as far as I understood it, was done with TJ Miller, so it does make me wonder how long ago this was filmed, to be honest. He, he's not uh, had the best couple of years, we shall say. It's an interesting concept, though, because I always think, like, after Twilight and stuff with Kristen Stewart, yeah. she doesn't really need to do any blockbusters. We see her do more interesting films, arty films... Probably all she really needs to do now. You say that, and yet, if you cast your mind back to when Charlie's Angels came out, oh, my yeah. whole surprise factor with that was, well, actually, isn't Kristen Stewart a lot of fun in this? Yeah, she is. And I didn't know she had that side to her, and then she did Seaberg uh, yeah. at the beginning of this beginning of this year. Maybe yeah, it, it is, actually. She misses it. You know? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just uh, time to get back to the blockbuster well every now and again. But And speaking of which, mm. as a blockbuster, this film doesn't quite cut it, but... I have to say, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Okay, so it's, it's so she's a mechanical engineer. Yeah. Kristen Stewart's a mechanical engineer who works on underground research station in the Mariana Trench, I believe. They're, they're drilling. Yeah. Uh, and they, uh, you know, they, they find themselves there's a series of mysterious accidents that force them to sort of fight well, for no, their no, survival. No, 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 no. She's yeah. brushing her teeth <laughs> and the whole place blows up. Okay, she's <laughs> brushing her teeth the whole place blows up. It's a more, more succinct opener, version. And, <laughs> um, and they find themselves having to fight for their lives against, effectively, monster squids. Spoiler alert. Well, is it? No, because it's kind of on the poster. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the poster. Yeah, the poster literally has her stood between you know two what? enormous sets of teeth. I haven't seen any posters. Have you not? Not widely advertised, this film, funnily enough. Do, yeah, did we wonder why? Well, I mean, unlike Doolittle, where they haven't even put clips out for it, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure they would like that film to die, uh, this one has had a mixed reception in the US. I'll tell you what, let's, let's have a sound to what, what we're listening for here. So we just go in the pitch black and we walk without knowing where we're going with insufficient oxygen. That's the plan? That's the plan. Everybody down with that? Nora, you okay with that? The suits can't be down there that long, you know that. Not everyone here is an experienced diver and... Dad, we never know. I, I'm not trying to be... Can you just admit we might die doing that? Yeah. But can you admit that we might live doing this? Pretty boilerplate thriller, under the sea, sphere meets life kind of stuff, isn't it? Uh, alien meets the abyss. 
Alien meets the Abyss. That's, that's what you're going that's with. That's what I'm going with. Obviously. Oh well. Because we've got a Ripley style character with Kristen Stewart. We have. We, we have. have. And I think she. Do you know what? Again, she's edgy. She's different. Mm. She, punky. She's, she is punky in this. Like steampunk kind of thing. <laughs> um, I like that. And and the the drill station looks like the ship from Alien. Does a bit, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, there were there were obvious times when uh, there were in in the making of this where you do look and you do think yeah. that is quite clearly and a sound stage. And also the underwater but... suits. There's an alien. <laughs> the, yeah, there is a sort of spacesuit element yeah, to them, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that. And I like I I liked it because it's an hour and a half long. It's quite punchy and to the point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Can't be for pacing. And within that, within that, there are so many jump scares, and I had a blast with it because of that. Because I think if you're going to go to the movies with your mates. And you're going to have a load of fun with it. Yeah. It, it, it's the movie to do that with. It's short, it's sharp, it's impactful. Like, there's no backstory on this. It basically throws you straight into the action. There really is. I mean, this literally just it just starts and kicks off, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I kind of like, like that. that. Yeah, I really like that. I love Vincent Cassell in that. I, I, he's like this, well, he's underutilised in this, but he is your captain of the drill station. And he's got, you know, there's obviously lots of stuff that's going on with him, but he he's your kind of... Um, leader in a respect mm. and he takes one for the team and it's all that kind of stuff but for me I think it it does what it, it's supposed to do it's an action you know big blockbuster squid thing yeah. um, and it it delivers. Like, That's there's nothing it. wrong with it. I don't think so either. I, I mean, don't get it wrong. I think it's... It, it, the script isn't quite there at times. I feel like there's something missing from it. But I think the cast are pretty good. Yeah. I think it's got the atmosphere. It's, it's got uh, the gore. Definitely got the gore. Um, directed by William Eubank, who gave us uh, Broken City and The Signal. And, you know, he, he, he knows how to shoot this. This works quite well. Um, there's just... There is something missing, and I feel that that is maybe in the writing. But Kristen Stewart definitely got the goods. Jessica Henwick who has recently been cast in the fourth Matrix movie. So I was wondering who she was. Uh, Iron Fist. She's, okay. from, she's from Marvel's Iron Fist. Fine. And she can, she's actually a really good performer. She can kick ass with the best of them. Looking forward to seeing but her in Matrix. But she's so screamy in this. <laughs> she she annoyed me. Actually her character annoyed me because it's like man up you're on a drill six miles down like you've got to be prepped for possible you know implosions. Hey it's <laughs> like that character in the Meg who, did, who couldn't swim. He's like why would you take a job in Under the Ocean. Yeah. Yeah, they 100%. ask in the Meg, don't they? Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down from you. Thumbs up, actually. Pleasantly up. surprised. Wasn't expecting a lot from this movie. Mm. It delivered on what it needed to deliver. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Ah, so I'll give it uh, I'll give it one thumb up. Yeah, I'll give it one it, and a bit thumbs up. It's missing something. Uh, yeah, but right. thoroughly enjoyable. Okay, I've got about three minutes to talk about one of the best films we'll see this year. So I need to talk to you about uh, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. There's not yes. going to be a clip because it's all in Korean. So this is, <laughs> right, the idea is you've got a, poor, a relatively poor working, uh, you know, lower, lower working class family yep. uh, who are uh, just struggling to make ends meet, struggling to find work. And uh, the, the son, who's a sort of college age son, um, is offered by a friend of his the chance to fill in for him as the English tutor, English language tutor, to a wealthy, wealthy Korean family. Yeah. Uh, he takes the job. They fake his degree, etc. He goes, uh, he goes along to the uh, to the job, and very quickly discovers, oh, the, the younger, the younger sibling needs an art teacher. So then he decides, I, I know someone I can recommend, and he recommends his sister. So they fake her degrees, and the sister goes along and becomes the art teacher. But then they discover, well. They do employ a driver in this family, and they do employ a housekeeper in this family. So maybe if we could shuffle the deck a little bit, we can create some opportunities for... And before you know it, this poor family are effectively running this household of this wealthier family. And with that comes all sorts of twists and turns and 
bonkers elements you couldn't possibly predict, and it's all from the guy who made Snowpiercer. So they are the Parasite family. It's where the title comes That's from. That's where the title comes from. They've, they've, yeah. yeah, they've basically injected themselves into someone else's lifestyle and overtaken it. You hit yeah. it right on their head there, there Bex. Yeah, that, good. That is now, I have, I have I've heard all about the twists and turns. I've yeah. heard, you know, spoiler alert for me only. I'm not going to do this to you. It sounds fascinating. Mm. And I think what you need is a really well acted, really beautifully shot um, film that kind of gets under your skin. And this, Absolutely. this is what does it. This is what does it. It is edge of your seat tense. It's also Despite though, the subtitles. Despite the subtitles, I was gripped. It's two hours, ten minutes. I didn't feel it. It felt like 90. Brilliant. I absolutely love it. Gorgeous do, to look at. Do you think mm. this is going to be the surprise best picture winner? I would not be shocked. I wouldn't. Not after Roma. I wouldn't be shocked. Well, I think... Well, didn't didn't Roma win best foreign film? Oh no, it did. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm losing my mind. So I think we're going to have the same thing here. I think mm. something like 1970. You think 1970 will yeah. get a picture and this will get best international? Absolutely. But I think we could see Bong Joon Ho get the uh, best, best director. director. Award. I could, I could see that happening. I think it's absolutely terrific. I think the performances are brilliant. I think uh, Kang Ho Song, uh, who incidentally is from Snowpiercer, right. um, he played uh, Nam Gung in Snowpiercer. And funnily enough, the name Nam Gung does turn up in this film, implying some kind of connection. Yeah. Uh, there's also weird Easter eggs where like the DVDs of Snowpiercer appear and things like that. <laughs> and Clever. I had a really great time with this. I thought it was an absolutely tremendous, but it's also quite funny as do well in a really dark, sick way. Do you have to be a fan of? Uh, the director's work in order no, to... Okay. No, I think just as a creepy suburban drama, this is in oh a league Oh, God, do you know what's going to happen? They're going to reboot it, They're they? absolutely going to remake this in the English language. Yeah. I could see it happening. There is apparently, though, a TV spin-off being developed by Bong Joon-ho oh, okay. that's going to apparently fill in some plot elements here and there because there's little things, not plot holes, but just things like, huh, that's odd. I wonder if they're going to explain that. They never quite do. Yeah. Like a character turning is this up bruises an, and things. Is this a Netflix? Is this coming out? Is this something... No, this is Curzon. It's being distributed by Curzon. Right. So you will be able to watch this online if you want to go to, I think, Curzon's yeah, player. Yeah, Curzon's player, yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, for, me, for, for, for my sort of take on it, go and find the biggest screen you can. Go to a Curzon cinema. They're lovely anyway, those cinemas. Mm. Uh, just go to a Curzon cinema and sit down and, and just drink this in. It is a beautiful, wonderful, very gripping, very surprising film. So I'm, uh, there's no surprises here. You're going to give it two thumbs up, honey. Oh, yes. Two absolutely glowing, trembling thumbs up. Shake harder, boy. Wow. You know, I'm just... I, cannot say enough uh, enough in the way of positive things about this. Well, we'll see what happens on Sunday night at the Oscars. That we shall. And now it's time for Offscreen Pays the Bills. Hey, Bex! Oh, hey, Van. Is it bill time already? Oh, ain't nothing going on but the rent. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about our sponsor this week. It's Likewise. Yes. About Likewise, which oh. is uh, a recommendation engine, I, I would say, more than anything. So it's, uh, yes, your friends, your family, other people using it can tell you what they're watching, what they love, and you can, you know, build up your own kind of recommendation list. Exactly. So it's books, restaurants, TV shows, movies, podcasts even. And it's, 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 it's filtered to you. as an algorithm to it determine what you like and what you might clever like. Clever algorithms. I like a clever algorithm. I know. Better than a dumb <laughs> algorithm, isn't it? I yeah. like a clever one. I like a clever one, definitely. So as I say, uh, you can find out all, all sorts of stuff about what your friends are listening and what they're into, friends are listening to and what they're into, uh, what your parents are reading and what they're into. And yeah, and there's, a, there's an app on the uh, on the app store. You can get the app on the Google Play store as well. Or you can just go to likewise.com and use it as an actual sort of it's like a social network. It kind of reminds it's me nice. of the early days of Facebook, yeah. actually, in a strange way. It's actually socialising with people. Do we do that nowadays? Apparently we so. So on which note, you know, let's let's get back to talking about films in which you sit in a dark room and don't talk to people.
and welcome back to Off Screen. So you have heard all of our top picks and things to avoid, actually, on the big screen. Uh, so that is consisting of Doolittle, Birds of Prey, Parasite and Underwater. Uh, we're now kicking off with what is big on the small screen. Seven days, seven movies. What are we starting with, Van? Okay, so we're going to start with, because we just talked about one South Korean film, so we yeah. may as well chuck another one in. And one of the best South Korean films of this century. Uh, this is Train to Busan, which I think is only about two years old. Yeah. Now, uh, Johnny Hearn was a big fan of this, recommended it to me. I watched it, and I thought, uh, yes, that was absolutely terrific. Um, this zombies, on, Korean zombies. Zombies on a train, no less. Wow. So it's film four, 11.15 on Saturday nights. So, uh, you know, when, you, when you've, if you're calling it a night early, go home, get on the couch, open a few beers, enjoy this absolute belter of a Korean zombie film in which a father taking his daughter from point A to point B on the train, so between cities, uh, happens to board the train just as the zombie apocalypse breaks out, which is something I will also get to say about another film sure. later on. Um, is, is Zombies on a Train better than Snakes on a Plane? Oh, it's it's a tough one. It's one. a tough one. That is a tough one. For a one. Saturday night viewing, I'm not oh. sure how I, think, I feel. I think if you doubled them, I mean, you'd, I think you'd go with Snakes second, just just for the tone. <laughs> You go with you go with snakes on a train, snakes on a plane after zombies on a train. There is also incidentally a mockbuster called Snakes on a Train. Oh God! So just just a well, look, you yeah. guys at home can make your mind up because it's on Saturday night, film four, eleven fifteen p.m. Mm -hmm. If you need something all more groundbreaking see what I did there yeah. uh, the next film Sunday <laughs> ITV2 6.40pm perfect prime time pre-Saturday night viewing for you is San Andreas pre-Saturday pre right post-Saturday what you is it Sunday Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. yeah the hangover continues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, San Andreas with uh, Dwayne Johnson, in which there's an earthquake. And that's really the plot, isn't it? Yeah. There's an earthquake. Here's Paul Giamatti telling us about it. They knew LA was going to get hit, but nobody listened to them. It's time now to listen. Go ahead, Doctor. Okay. Um, in seismology terms, what we're experiencing is what we call a swarm event. Um, basically, California's entire tectonic plate is shifted. People need to know that the shaking is not over. And it's not aftershocks I'm talking about. San Francisco will get hit again, and it's going to be a bigger monster this time. Our models are predicting a 9.5 or greater. It will be so big that even though it's happening here in California, you will feel it on the East Coast. And what I love about that is you don't need to know anything more because <laughs> he's The Rock know. and it's the type of films The Rock makes and it's the type of films we go and watch. Yeah, I always remember because, oh, it's not this one, it's Rampage where we just take it as completely for granted that The Rock is uh, a zoologist who can fly a plane. Fly, What's the one where he jumps off the building onto the other building? It's on the poster and it's completely oh, incorrect. Skyscraper. 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 I love that film. I and Nev Campbell's film. in that film. I mean, she, she yeah. is. Welcome back, Nev Campbell. Oh, I miss Nev. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, oh, right, sorry. San Andreas, you don't need to know anything more. It's The Rock. It's Great Paul Giamatti. Film, it? It's an earthquake. Let's carry on. Monday, Sony Channel, 9pm. Get yourself watching this. It's as good as it gets. And, and then you have to watch this Oscar week as well, don't oh, you? Oh, my goodness. So, good so Jack night. Nicholson and Helen Hunt both picked up the Oscars for this. I mean, I watched this probably when I was way too young to watch it. Mm. But I loved it, and I watched I it again 15. and again and again. Yeah, I think I was even younger than that. But it is, this, I remember this cleaning up at the Oscars, but you know what? It's all about that amazing Jack Nicholson performance. You have no idea what your work means to me. What does it mean to you? That somebody out there knows what it's like to be in here. Oh, God, this is like a nightmare. Oh, come on, just a couple of questions. How hard is that? 
do you write women so well? I think of a man, and I take away reason and accountability. No one does curmudgeon like Jack Nicholson, eh? Oh, he's just amazing. Like, I love how he used to go into his own cafe, the regular cafe, to have exactly mm. the same stuff. He's just so he play. He's got OCD, right? Yes, he doesn't, yes. That's he's the whole extremely thing. Extremely obsessive compulsive. Yeah. And uh, Helen Hunt's character doesn't give him any leeway with it <laughs> and uh, they form a lovely bond as a result oh. of it and, and it's Greg Kinnear as well very yes. good in this yeah. uh, and Cuba Gooding Jr oh it's oh. just such honestly if you haven't seen this film as we say it's Oscar week go watch this it's an absolute delight it's like 1999 or something uh, 98 98, 98 yeah, yeah good good knowledge so Tuesday uh, one of my favourites from 2013 uh, and also the film that inadvertently set up Top Gun Maverick for coming out this summer it is the introduction of Tom Cruise to director Joseph Kaczynski it is Oblivion, the sci-fi movie in which uh, Tom Cruise is basically like a, a drone repairman left behind after the human race has evacuated the Earth. Uh, he comes to discover that there's actually something more mysterious going on on the planet than he and his partner have been made aware of, and there are things about even himself that he doesn't quite know. That object was the Tet, Jack. The Tet was our mission. That's impossible. That's impossible. Who are you? I'm your wife. So that's 10.50 ITV4 on Tuesday. Oblivion, absolutely. Is that the one that's like repeating itself? No, that's Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We're getting the sequel to that one because it's going to be Live, Die, Repeat and Die Again, I think, something like that. Live, Die, die, Repeat and Repeat, I think is the title. Live, Die, Repeat and Repeat. Right, okay. Wednesday, The Road. Sony's turning out some good... Sony's doing some good stuff lately. Some good stuff, yeah. yeah, Nine o'clock on Wednesday, The Road. Talk me through this one. This is John Hillcoat's adaptation of the novel by Cormac McCarthy. I think it's 2009, I believe this was out. Yeah. Stars uh, Viggy Mortz, Figo Mortensen. Figo Mortensen, yes. Oh, and, I have uh, seen and this. And Cody Smith-McPhee. This is yes. the father and son yes, yes, who yes. are basically on the road, yeah. walking the road after the end of the world, after the apocalypse, yeah. and the horrible things they encounter. It's one of the bleakest films you will ever it's sit quite, It's quite, um, It's quite long, like as in like it's slow-paced. And... It's slow, but it's intense. It, it's, yeah. it's measured. It's what I would describe as a very considered, very measured film. As in, there's not, instead, there's a lot of it, but there's not a single wasted moment, I yeah. would say. Yeah. The performances by both Viggo Monson and Cody Smith McPhee are absolutely terrific. This this was part of that sort of hot streak that Cody Smith McPhee had as a trial actor. Yeah. When he went from things like, uh, was it Let Me In to this yeah. to uh, the Planet of the Apes sequel, the yeah. second yep, one. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, this was just a really great movie, a really well put together movie. There's a small role for Charlize Theron in there as well but as I say it is all about Viggy Mortz and uh, moving on to yeah. Thursday I'm not sure why you've picked this go on just go with it Sony uh, Channel 640 lack of options is okay. the short version all right. of that so Jennifer Aniston Adam Sandler Brooklyn Decker's in this Nicole Kidman is in this yeah I've well. forgotten that as well oh my goodness so this is a, a based on a weekend trip to Hawaii a plastic surgeon convinces his loyal assistant to pose as his soon to be divorced wife in order to cover up um <laughs> A careless lie he told to his much younger girlfriend. Yeah, because he, he, pretends, he pretends to be married and going through a divorce to get sympathy out of young women and sleep with them. And then, of course, gets caught out because he starts to like the, his current mark. So he gets, you know, Jennifer Aniston to pose as his, uh, as his fake one. Well, so, Palmer, I heard you and Danny had sex. <clears throat> <clears throat> yes. I... 
am so sorry. Please, I had... honey, it is fine. I'm just happy to hear that his thing-a-ding can still ring-a-ding. Oh, no, <laughs> He's okay. got a serious small issue huh? with E.D. What's E.D.? I don't... Uh, oh, gosh, I forgot. You're 15. So for both Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler, no. you wonder why they struggle sometimes with more dramatic roles. Mm. Not them struggling, but to get the parts that get them, you know, recognised. So we, like, where was Adam Sandler's performance for Uncut Gems? Where was it nominated across the board? Uh, I'll get onto that. I'm asking that. OK, fine. The thing is, is that when they turn films out like this, and there was a lot of criticism, which I read online about Jennifer Lopez, is that they can't take them seriously as an mm. actor. And then when they do turn out something that is brilliant... You can't, you know, it's not enough credibility for them. So I mean, it's a modest hit at the time, this mm, one. Yeah, and but as in the, the, the weight of it, I suppose. Well, the weight of it, but they've all got to do fluff eventually. I mean, I would never describe Adam Sandler's body of work as having much depth to it outside of Punch Drunk Love, Rain Over Me, and recently Uncut Gems, which uh, I think there's a serious case of Emperor's New Clothes going on with that film. But, uh, yeah, this made money. It, it, it does what it says on the tin. They're on fine enough form doing what they do. Mm. I can't really fault them for it. And as I say, we really didn't have much in the way of good options for okay. next Thursday night. All right. Well, let's, let's cap off the week then with, with a good option. A good option. So yes. this is uh, Beast, starring Johnny Flynn, who's going to be in the new version of Emma, which I think we're reviewing next, yep, week. next week. And uh, Jessie Buckley, who's going to be in everything. everything Good that you see. She's going to be the next Florence Pugh, yep. once Florence Pugh has finally finished being Florence Pugh. Yeah. Um, so this is the uh, the story of a young woman who is saved from a, se a violent sexual attack uh, by a mysterious, very rugged, almost dangerous bad boy type, played by Johnny Flynn, and uh, quickly discovers that something is not quite right with him. Is he one thing? Is he another? And therein lies the mystery. But this is a British film, and it's I think it's, it might be set on the Isle of Man or the Isle of Wight, something yeah. like that. Um, Really well put together, very very tense, very gripping, very suspenseful film. As are a lot of British films that never get seen. Very true, very true. <laughs> yep, just going to put that out there. Maybe if you didn't shut the UK Film Council down, we might have a chance in the world. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, this really is... I mean, I think Jesse Buckley obviously came out of this better than Johnny Flynn did. But it is a hell of a, a showreel for both of them as yep. emerging young talents. It's at 9 o'clock on Film 4 on Friday. It's an absolute belter of film, and it's really worth seeing. You will never quite guess where it's going to go. A lot of nuance uh, put into Johnny Flynn's performance to the extent that we as the audience really don't know either. So... Well, there yeah. we go. What a good way to end the week, thank goodness, because we've had some right dross in the week. As well. We have. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, that caps off our full rundown of what you can watch on the telly box uh, for your seven days coming up. Um, now, we're going to be moving swiftly on to the DVD and Blu-ray and video on demand and everything else that you could possibly want to stream. And we're back. And this time, well, we're mostly going to be existing on discs because I don't know if you've noticed, but there's so much coming out on DVD and Blu-ray, weirdly, this next week that we've basically just foregone the streaming listings. Oh. Yeah, because there's like six good movies coming out. You can probably still stream this in due course anyway. You probably so still can. Don't worry. So let's start with one that will probably win Best Actor come Sunday night. Uh, let's talk about Joker. I mean, you and I feel very differently about this film. Do we do we feel differently on whether or not he's going to win Best Actor? Oh no, he's that's a shoo-in. Oh okay. Yeah, then. he yeah. is he is going to win Best Actor. He clearly he, is, yeah. Yeah, and he's right, deservedly so. It's a transformative piece. It's what what transformative? Oh, it cuts through me every time. I know, I know. Oh. But 
but well that and judy 100 yeah. like come on this is what the academy loves it's what every single award um ceremony has loved as well He's a great actor. This shows him a great acting capability. It is not your average comic book movie. Mm. Oh, what? Is it? Oh, because... Okay, never mind. Uh, say, I'm saving a lot for Oscar night. Uh, so, it's just a Todd Phillips adaptation. Uh, well, not an the adaptation. The guy that did but... The Hangover has turned out this beautiful movie, my five-star movie of the year, last right. year. Okay, here's the thing. When they were making this movie, Todd Phillips and one of the producers went out of their way in every interview they could possibly get themselves featured in to say, this is not based on a comic book. This is based on no specific story. No, this is a wholly original creation. Begging the question, I really, really would like an answer to this one. Why in the hell is this up for best adapted screenplay if it's based on nothing that actually existed? I have no answers for you on if that. If it's an original, how is this an adapted screenplay? It's an original take. That wasn't what they said, though. But also, okay, so, you know, we've all said stuff on air that maybe we've regretted slightly or we've twisted the words ever so slightly. Give him a little bit of leeway. It's a masterpiece. No, no, he did it several times. Okay, Intentionally. Fine. Listen, let's move on, because everyone knows how great Joker is. Whether or not you're agreeing with Van or you're not, it's still amazing. No cursing, no off-color material. We do a clean show, okay? Mm-hmm. You go on right after Dr. Sally. I love Dr. Sally. Good, good, good. Well, someone will come and get you, Okay. Good luck. Thanks, Murray. Okay. Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? What's wrong with your real name? That's what you called me on the show, a Joker. Do you remember? Did I? I don't know. But if you say so, kid, you know, Joker it is. It's good. Thanks, Murray. And that's Robert De Niro's appearance in there as well. Yes, there you go. What more could you want? I mean, I just love it. Anyway, if you haven't seen this yet, you really should have seen it on the big screen. You really should have. You yeah. should really should It's have. coming back. Have you heard it's coming back with a live orchestra? Yes, and I will be first in line to get those tickets. <laughs> I do think it deserves that Oscar, by the way. Uh, best score. Yes. Okay, I do. fine. Good. Yeah, everything. I think it deserves everything. Uh, moving on, Farmageddon. Yeah, I love this one. This was the Shaun the Sheep goes to space movie, uh, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I think it was called at one point. Oh my um, I absolutely love this. This is just a classic case of Ardman mastering the silent movie genre. They never get it wrong. They never do. Uh, wonderful film. I really absolutely adored this. Very funny. I mean, like I, I was howling with laughter. Good. Just falling out of my chair in hysterics at points. What was the... Um, really great movie. What was the one? And it had Hugh Grant voicing it, and it was like a ca- he was a captain of something. Pirates in an adventure with scientists. Why did they not bring out more of those? That was hilarious. I am the pirate captain. They call me pirate captain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. One. If you love Ardman classic movies and animations, yeah. you've got to see this because it's just yeah, mm. fun from start to finish. And who doesn't love Sean the Sheep? Oh no, exactly. I think my, my sister still has the backpack from the nineties. I still have him. the soap dish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on then to this is one that I was surprised wasn't more of an awards contender. Actually, the Peanut Butter Falcon that co-stars uh, Shia LaBeouf and uh, Dakota Dakota Johnson. Yeah. I almost said Dakota Fanning. That's I know. I, th- I had that on the tip of my tongue as yeah. well. For some uh, this is a road movie and about the uh, unlikely friendship between a sort of roguish drifter and a young boy with Down syndrome who wants to run away to wrestling school and yes do you remember this now yeah I but the thing really is i was just film. thinking i was thinking yes it's a lovely film it didn't have the marketing behind it didn't have the oomph didn't have the push so didn't, did it so even then shia labeouf is a bit of a he's not he's a bit of a marmite character nowadays as you can imagine so. and yet i thought it was great in this it's weird to me that they pushed honey boy for awards contention 
Yeah. Whereas this would have actually been a stronger contender as far as the w recent works of Shia LaBeouf. And probably it, it ticks a lot more boxes, shall we mm. say, for the Academy and other awards ceremonies. I think so. This is more this is more of a tale of adversity than, than Honey Boy, definitely. I think with a film like this, though, it just has to get that hype from people that see it and they you know and suddenly it becomes this phenomenon within itself it didn't do that not enough people saw it i think on dvd streaming i think peanut butter falcon will find its fan base though because it is it's a, actually a really gorgeous film it's filled with beautiful cinematography that performance uh, yeah. the, the, the the three lead performances in this i think are really good yeah i, I genuinely I, I thought it was a terrific film I, I just hope it finds a, more of an audience now. Yeah, maybe yeah. it will. Maybe it will. Something else that needs to find itself an audience uh, beyond the big screen is one of our favourite films. Oh, yes. This was so much fun. It's Ready or Not, which is essentially like a board game played out on the big screen. Whenever the little masses are presented with a new addition to the family, we place a blank playing card into the box. Our initiate then has the privilege of drawing the card, and Mr. LaBelle will tell us which game to play. My dear, it is your turn. <laughs> what does it say, girl? Oh, it says, it says hide and seek. Are we really going to play that? Everything okay? It's so fun and violent. Isn't it, it is so fun and violent. I absolutely loved this. So the concept is, is that she obviously picks the bad card. Yeah. And it means that the whole family basically have to try and kill her. <laughs> Which I think is great. I think it's a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, I think Samara Weaving, I've been a fan of Samara Weaving yeah, since I great. saw The Babysitter a couple yeah, of years ago, yeah. um, which treads very similar terrain to this, which is the idea of let's take a relatively normal concept and then, you know, double dive into, you know, sort of double down on the uh, the, the suburban horror comedy aspect of it. Um, I think doing that here with a sort of more upper class uh, target in mind works a treat. I think she's a lot of fun in it. I thought Adam Brody was really good in it as They well. were all really good. There's there's a lot of, like, characters. It's very, right, it's set in a house. Mm. It's kind of like, it's like Cluedo, but with, I don't know what other games. It's, it's almost it's, like an old Ealing film in the way that it is confined within that mansion. Yeah. The, the, there's the old things where we used to get the, not the old Ealing, the old Hammer films. They used to have that mansion at Bray. Yeah, yeah, And they yeah, used yeah, to yeah. use that one yeah. mansion Love for everything. Kind of reminded films. me of that. Um, but that is absolutely worth seeing. Another one, because that was, Ready or Not, was one of my films of 2019. My yep. top ten. Another one of my top ten of 2019 is also out this week. Little Monsters. And that is Little Monsters. Is that Lupita Nyong'o? Lupita Nyong'o yep. and Alexander England and Josh Gad. And, and zombies, right? And zombies. The idea is you've got a sort of feckless loser schlub busker type who goes along on his nephew's uh, school trip as a sort of chaperone parent purely because he wants to try and sleep with her teacher, his, his teacher, Miss Caroline played by Lupita Nyong'o. They go to this petting zoo, and wouldn't you know it, the zombie apocalypse breaks out. <laughs> uh, it is Australian, it is filthy-minded, it is foul-mouthed, it is hilarious. I had an absolute ball. I sat and watched this with uh, Nick Barber. Yeah. And we sat in the BFI during the uh, London Film Festival just laughing like gibbons end-to-end -end on this one. Brilliant. It is really out there, really extreme, but again, really didn't, hilarious. again, didn't get the... Um exposure really that it, it deserved I suppose no it did not which is actually a real shame because I think it, I, I genuinely think it's one of the funniest movies because the zombie comedy genre yeah. is a very over milked genre now. yeah 
And And actually, a lot of us do think zombies are eye-roll. Well, exactly. I mean, the writer-director of this film, uh, Abe Forsyth, has since signed on to take that long, gestating sort of reboot call to RoboCop. RoboCop Returns, Ugh. which was going to be uh, d- directed by the, the District 9 guy whose name escapes me. You know the one, oh, who, yeah. the one who starts making films and then never sees them through. What's his name? Oh, anyway. Blomkamp. Yeah. <clears throat> Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. 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 Fif- 50 million projects, none of them will ever see the light of day. Like Game of Toro, but uh, kind of like that. Okay. Another one you might have seen then. Okay, so this is also out DVD on Monday. Abominable. Yes. Now, this is on my list. Yeah. I, You know you know what I'm like with animated films. It's I just, so lovely. Right, okay, so you're not selling it to me if you're just like, it's so lovely. It it's needs so more. Lovely. <clears throat> it needs okay. to beat Zootropolis. It is about a young Chinese girl who teams up with a yeti to escort him back to his homeland. Said Yeti is named Everest, and he is the most adorable creature who's ever lived. Oh, and they're pursued by what seems to be Eddie Hazard doing his impression <laughs> of David Attenborough. It is, you know, obviously visually extraordinary. It's bright, it's colourful. It's uh, very orientally styled. It's, it's sort of designed to look as rooted in, in East Asian culture as it can possibly be. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Yeti is literally named Everest, which kind of tells you where they're going with this. Um, the central the central figure, the main character, is voiced by uh, Chloe Bennett from yep. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the animation's beautiful. The character design is really fun and lively and enjoyable to watch. Uh, the voice talents are all, all a hoot. Um, it's got great music, uh, even a surprisingly wonderful use of Coldplay, would you believe? And, yeah, I had an absolute blast with it. I think it might have been, I mean, for when I saw it, I thought it was the perfect family film. It was the kind of film that you would sit and watch with the kids, kind of thing, and you'd all have a good time doing it. It's not one of those animated films where the parents can switch off. The parents will actually enjoy it, not yeah. on a filled with adult jokes level like Shrek, but a pretty good level all the time. So, yeah, so that's out on Monday. Uh, so, let's see, what have we got next week? What's what's to come next so week? So, we've got Emma next week. Ah, yes, Emma. So, I know you loved Emma. I did see it and I did love it, I okay. will freely admit. You know Ghost is getting re-released next week? Oh, mm, my goodness. Yes, um, Ghost is now 30 years old, would you Wow, please? okay. Yeah. Uh, and also, what else? Sonic the Hedgehog is yes. next week. Yeah, well, they come out one. We've also got uh, The Public out next week, which I don't know anything about, so I couldn't possibly tell you. No. But uh, it's going to be a slow week because, obviously, there's some golden statues being given away yeah. on Sunday night, so I think they're cooling it down with the releases a little bit next well, week. Well, if you're into blue hedgehogs and uh, period dramas, I think you are in for a treat. Hey, but hey, one of those films stars Bill Nye and Miranda Hart, so it ain't a total loss. Okie dokie. <laughs> uh, and one of them stars Jim Carrey as well. Yes, there is that. They are not the same film. <laughs> no, that would be a very bizarre film. But... I want to see Jim Carrey in a version of Emma really badly now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm intrigued to see him as Dr. Robotnik. So, but... oh, Hang on, do you call him Dr. Robotnik? Yeah. Because this is a question people have been having. Do you call him, do you think of him as Dr. Robotnik or Dr. Eggman? No, Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, me yeah. too, every time. Eggman yeah. just sounds stupid. Robotnik sounds way better. But he looks like, um, is it M. Bison from, from, yeah, uh, he does a bit. from Street yeah. Fighter? He can't do those than... red costumes. Ro- uh, Dr. Robotnik? It should be a ball band with orange an orange tash, right? Well, it should have been Paul Giamatti, if we're yes! honest. But, uh, yeah. 100%. But we will give you the lowdown on Sonic the Hedgehog for our sins next week. <laughs> next week. So in the meanwhile, uh, that's it for us. I've been Van Connor. And I've been Bex Perfect. And you guys can also tune in to us on Talk Sport and also Talk Radio all through Oscars night. You will indeed. We're pulling double duty. We're on two stations we're on simultaneously. Two stations all throughout the evening, giving you all the big coverage on all the big movies that are picking up the big awards. We're, this we're like that. We're like that sitcom episode where the guy goes on two dates and has to disappear from one. To yeah, that's what yeah. we are. That's what we're doing with Oscar night. So, but for now, this has been us on off screen. Your seven day guide to all movies. Boom. <laughs>